check one, two. This is The Cole Memo. I am your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to. Within that description, you can find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platforms where you can find this episode in audio and video format. If you're unable to locate the the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, I know that happens sometimes, things switch up, simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. You can find the corresponding episode, and then you'll be able to access the audio, video, and transcript version of this episode. You might also find any links that we reference during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research. If you're not listening to the epi- to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon. It's a great way to support our show, but one of the best ways to support our show is absolutely free. Subscribe to or follow our show. Leave us a positive review from wherever you're listening to us from. Favorite this episode, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment or post review. Your engagement and support is appreciated. I know you're going to enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo. Today is October 24th, 2023. I am lighting up a joint and catching my breath. I'm joined by Philip, Nathan, and Maddie. Philip, why don't you go ahead and say hi? You've been on the show a few times before. Hello. And Maddie and Nathan, uh, whichever, you know, uh, between the two of you want to go first, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, feel free to tell us where we can find you online. Yeah, so I'm Maddie Scanlon, made underscore content on Instagram, and I'm one third of Ica. That's that's who we're here to be today, right? Yeah, and I'm Nathan Scanlon. I'm at Politically Illinois at on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Substack. And yes, I am also another third of uh, Ica. Awesome. And what is Ica for folks that may not know? And I'm gonna. Uh, share your social medias while you explain that yeah absolutely illinois cannabis consumption association ICA. Mm-hmm. we formed this this year because we were making waves with the consumption events i was throwing with high focus media and we wanted to just legitimize and legalize it so we formed a group to do just that with I think a lot of people in Illinois are really interested in getting like on premise so basically anywhere where you'd be like you know, smoking in public or like smoking in a building. Um, And unfortunately, because of these kind of obscure regulations found in the Smoke Free Illinois Act, um, this whole industry is kind of banned. And we're kind of just seeking ways to get around it. But we've just kind of realized, like, we're going to need some kind of political action to get something done. So here we are. And in Mm -hmm. comes ICA, Illinois Cannabis Consumption Association. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing what you do and as you mentioned you pro- you throw some pretty killer events um and phil and i just attended one phil how did you think the uh urban legends cup brought to you by high focus media and the urban legends was you like that little plug there i, I thought it was fantastic i thought it was really really great <laughs> and why like um yeah uh, well, just from my perspective, uh, there isn't like a ton that's exciting going on in Illinois cannabis. And this was just very exciting. 
it was something very new. It was something that wasn't, it was something that seemed predominantly like for the culture and for Thank consumers you. and for yeah. people that love weed. And it, it wasn't about the companies and products and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. That, was, just, that was why I loved it. And there definitely were products floating around, but it wasn't all about that, right? Well, uh, maybe it was. Well, uh, you know, maybe, not you know. the same kind of products that we would have at a lot of our other events previously. Mm-hmm. This sure. is like... Vendors you know, of... Um... Yeah, we, we'd never done any sort of vendor thing before. We'd never done no. anything that was like a show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with live musicians, um, we've never had that before. Yeah. So we're glad it all came together so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. <laughs> See, so I want to just agree really quick with everything that Phil said, that it seemed like, you know, one of the, so I've not been to a lot of events, but even the events that I'm aware of, this seems like one of the ones that I, even if I wouldn't have been able to make it to, I would have been like, God damn it. Why didn't I make it to that one? Like it just was very obviously consumer oriented and uh, I just love that so much. And if I could just add, when I thought of what cannabis legalization was, this kind of goes back to something Nathan would, was saying, I feel. When I thought of that, I pictured the event you guys had, like with the <laughs> oh, live music happening and the, the haze in the air and everybody just kind of enjoying normalized. So it was so normalized, for lack of better words. So Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing the variety in the crowd, you know, like all ages um, from all parts of Chicagoland. Um, yeah, we, we were a little nervous, you know, moving the geographies after we spent a lot of time like in the very popular Logan Square area of Chicago to then go to the south side Blue Island. But people showed up and showed Absolutely. out and yeah. it just continues our thesis that people want to smoke somewhere. And if we can make that happen and gather all the people who want the same thing together, it is absolutely our honor. And I just also want to add that uh, the venue, I think, was fantastic. Yeah, Blue Um, Island Beer Co. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them. They they have a beautiful place, uh, awesome area, and I I definitely want to have more events there. Yeah, don't be surprised when we're back there. And and then once they finish paving that parking lot, it'll be even better. Yeah. Well, that's what I was like. If you guys expand next year, you can just have like tents out front. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could imagine it being a bigger event just next year, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. We want to do it again for sure. Uh, we've, we're having a meeting on Sunday to talk about all the all the good, the bad and the. the yeah. The lessons beautiful. learned, lessons identified. Yeah. yeah, you should definitely you should definitely do it again. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad you guys enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Like we it was, it, you mm-hmm. know. Like we I said. mean, I literally when I when I heard about it, I bought a ticket just to go alone, <laughs> and then I was like, "Cole, you should come, so I have someone to hang out with." <laughs> yeah. But just the whole ethos of the event, I just I just really thought it was great, and I just wanted to like support it, support you guys because I think it's just one of the few exciting things I've seen <laughs> go on in the scene. Yeah, yeah. Consumer focus is our number one thing, I think, between the two of us when we think about cannabis. Yeah. Are you saying that the Illinois Cannabis Consumption Association is is for consumers? Sorry. I'm yes, I am saying the Illinois <laughs> yeah. Cannabis Consumption Association is for consumers. Absolutely. Because yeah. they are always are forgotten. That is something that in cannabis business, they'll talk about all these numbers, all these sales, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But it's about the people. If the people aren't buying it, it's not anything else to analyze. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I could go on and on about this, but I'll, I promise you, I'll just limit myself to maybe 20 seconds at most. I think it's interesting when people describe why, and by people, I mean, business owners describe why they find Illinois appealing. And it's because it's business friendly and they'll even openly admit it's not necessarily consumer friendly, but that's not the point. We just don't want to go out of business. I promised mm-hmm. you 20 seconds though. So I'll stop there. Oh, I listened <laughs> to the Delta eight debate last night. So, uh, I got to hear a lot of interesting takes on keeping your business safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting stuff there for sure. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I just wanted to really make sure to, to put it, you know, on the record that I had a great fucking time at the urban legends social. So hell yeah. Cowboy Cole showed up. It was lit. Yeah, Everyone loved it. had a great costume so, on. Somebody came up to me actually and said, Hey, do you know if Cole's still here? I'm like, why? I want to give him this mushroom chocolate bar. And that you weren't here. That... You had yeah. left. <laughs> that person messaged me actually. They were like, I was looking for the cowboy. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I told him, sorry. I don't, I don't need that, but sorry. Yeah. I said it took it for you. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never turn down free drugs, Maddie. Come on now. Oh, we gotta, I, we gotta I am always I'm too honest. Someone asked me, Do you do shrooms? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh sorry, it looked like both Phil and Nathan were about to say something, so I didn't want to cut you. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I just said that we have plenty at home. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, cool. Um, uh, any other notes you wanna hit on just with regard to uh, you know, Ica or high focus media before we get into the really exciting stuff you're going to tell us about today i just want to be sure to give you the space to say whatever you want if you have anything to plug or whatever i just think the big thing is is to make sure to follow our email list uh or at least get into contact because we're going to talk about these j car rules we actually um like made comments about this a couple weeks ago originally um so kind of like the first to know um, if you want to be uh, informed about these legislative updates, policy updates that are coming out of the state, and also just kind of keep track of um, what we're up to, we're, we might see um, consumption in the omnibus cannabis, cannabis bill that's uh, up for debate this veto session. I don't even know if it's going to see the floor. There's tons of speculation about that. I have no clue. Um but we're here to keep the eye but on it. But yeah, we want to keep an eye on it and keep people and, updated. And then maybe at, and get people activated on it too, to when it, you know, when it's time. Yeah, you know, when it's time. That's been a lot of people have asked us, like, what, what can we do to help Ica? What can we do? And we assure you, once the once there is something worth advocating for and in term for specifically cannabis consumption, not to say that there aren't other great things in cannabis worth advocating for, but we specifically really are here to advocate for consumption when it's mm-hmm. a good time to do so. And so that's where we come from and yeah. so that's why these jcar rules mm-hmm. kind of were out of left field they only are in regard to dispensaries lounges so you know it's only a part of the picture that we're looking at but um yeah pretty significant stuff uh, these are things that we're still having our eye on that we're updating people of at the second we find out so. yeah you know posting on instagram is not gonna get this passed so yeah it, it, it's too much it's some of it is too heavy for instagram and it's just not the right mm-hmm. audience yeah, if you just... are the audience that wants to see this whether you are working for a cultivator or a dispensary or any other operator or you have a plan to be in this business space yeah please do get mm-hmm. on our list or yeah you're like a very engaged consumer like i guess us in a way or yeah yeah 
So I just presume they go to meet Ica or any of your handles that we've shared and they can find that email list and get all signed up. I'm sure. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you can even just message us on Instagram and I'll add you to my Excel list. And I'll perfect. You're very cross yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. It's just, I mean, it's just the three of us. It's just and then, us yeah, two Dep- and Depeche. Depeche. He's yeah. our partner. Yeah, you are a partner. Depeche uh, Sharma. Yeah. I'll have to pull up. I've, it's funny. I've got a picture with uh, with Ica. I, we're smoking a joint. We're practicing, you know, what we preach. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, I'll pull that picture up in a second. Can you give some background as we uh, segue into this? Uh, some people may not even know what JCAR means. It's mm-hmm. Joint Committee for Administrative Rules. Is that correct? On administrative rules, but yes, oh, correct. Thank you. And so let me kind of explain what it's all about. So the executive branch, if we all go back to our high school civics class, you have the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch. So the executive branch, they're the regulatory bodies. That's what Governor Pritzker does. This is like the lawmakers in the General Assembly. That's the legislative branch. So the executive branch, they can make regulations on policy, you know, because they're too specific and it's too hard to pass laws like regulating that specific of details. So they give them to the government, but they don't want to give them just a blank check, right? So this is kind of the process of being the check on that power. And they allow public comment um, for a certain amount of time. And then they discuss those comments as well. And they take that into consideration. But ultimately, it's a 12 person committee um, that meets. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Practicing what we preach. Anyways, sorry. No, that's that's it. That's what JCAR is. I know that's yeah, and like, it's not it has not anything to do with cannabis in specific. Like these no. rules are just like rolling out and there's no real like announcement or information when mm-hmm. there is cannabis stuff in them. We're only today talking about the on-site consumption lounges part, but there's also been some JCAR rules recently on craft growth stuff mm-hmm. and other little uh, possibly transporter things. So it's like anything that the law left open to say... <laughs> The state's going to make some rules about this. They seem to be rolling out right now. For yeah. What, it's in August and forward. This, this actually came like, out August 25th. Were those guidelines that came out recently for like how craft growers can actually expand? Was that like JCAR? Is that like something yes. they do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where it's like the comment period is supposed to be for the, you know, the body of people in the state to say what they feel about it. But if you don't even have like dispensaries don't have an organization like the Illinois craft growers do. So to organize them to say, Hey, some very significant things are about to change about how you are operating your lounges. Um, it's been very hard, um, which is like a lot of the, the current models, only one of the current dispensing lounges open today would be safe um, or would be okay to continue operating as it is. And the rest are going to be significantly impacted if this is not revised. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't even know if they know that. And so we were yeah. to tell so you're, them. you're talking about pla- you're talking about places like OK Cannabis that have like a consumption lounge attached to their dispensary, right? They're the actually only ones. Oh, okay. wow. I was going to guess oh, okay. that they're OK. Yeah, That's it's fine. Rise. Rise and... would be in trouble. Molly's Joint would be in trouble. Um, Stash would hypothetically be in trouble. If what, yeah, and what are the what are the like specifics of the things that they're wanting to change? Yeah, so we can get into the meat, the meat of it here. So some of the big changes primarily are that 
they're essentially like banning the you know how at like rise you can sit down and you get like a menu and you can like order cannabis to your table um they want to uh prohibit that like so yes. you can't dispense directly in the on-site lounge so the text is cannabis and cannabis infused products shall not be dispensed in the on-site consumption lounge so that would mean that just like an okay cannabis you have to enter mm -hmm. go to the dispensary buy your product walk into the lounge yeah. use it in the lounge and there's nothing that says i can't keep circling around but uh, uh yeah you couldn't you couldn't necessarily be the way served. rise does it where you have the bar and you can go up to it and you can get a pre-roll and smoke it at the bar mm -hmm. that would not be uh accepted in these rules so that's um a major shakeup, and we've thought about it and consulted with people on it who point out that it's just a misunderstanding of how things are consumed like yeah. bars are able to give you your thing Product, to consume yeah. and then you consume it and so the thought that we're <laughs> going to continually separate this is just like a massive overregulation, from our opinion yeah it also takes away the education any educational components to mm -hmm. a lounge um in, in, a, in a matter where it's like you can't you can't actually talk to a bud tender about what you're going to purchase in that lounge unless you like leave and come back in mm -hmm. it's like it's just it's there's it's very sep it separates the smoking component from the buying cannabis component yeah and realistically there's no um like safety reason for this um it's not like they're going to be leaving the facility with cannabis or it wouldn't be any different you know just yeah. because there's a door or you couldn't get more or less um, but also in this section, they clarify that the lounges cannot have any liquor licenses or gaming licenses. Yeah. So this would impact, I think, uh, was it Parkway Dispensary? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there is a lounge that has, uh, I believe gaming machines in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so like video slots and all that. Um, yeah, they're Molly's joint lounge, I believe, right, has right. the gaming that would not, or and I think alcohol sales that would not uh -huh. be able to continue. I can certainly like understand some hesitation around like mixing cannabis and liquor. Yeah, that's something state, we've always kind of been. There's really no about. reason for gaming to yeah. be prohibited. Well, like yeah, I, I they, guess like you're, you're you'd be high, but I mean the same same is true would be in in a bar. Yeah, like you're in every bar, and, there's and gambling. So. It's uh, that, especially the gaming license, I think is very strange and unnecessary and should probably be removed. So there's no mention of food, interestingly? There is. There is ah, a mention of, of bitches. Oh, and it's, no. But no, no, it's saying they can have it. It's, a, it's yes, oh, expressly okay, okay. allowing food and beverage. <laughs> so there's okay. actually some shockingly decent um changes yeah when we, when we first read this over we were actually very excited like, yeah this, we, we did not actually realize that that one line there really screwed up there like, was actually the, two i say uh, two things that caught our attention first yeah. uh, that one was not necessarily related to um cannabis hospitality and cannabis consumption but yeah the food one um so the text would be yeah on-site consumption lounges are permitted to serve food so long as um they're in compliance uh with basically local regulation yeah they, they specifically say the on-site consumption laws must comply with the illinois food code and food handling regulation enforcement act so and yeah, it has specific citations with that as well specifying so it would actually finally allow you to be served yeah. and them to put in you know a kitchen if they so desired 
And there's um, some into separation that might need to occur just because of the whole like smoke-free Illinois Act's main purpose is that employees aren't exposed to smoke. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of it in that manner, there's a lot of doors needed, you know, mm-hmm. to keep to keep people away from that. So it's not like the it's not like, wow, we've got a, just a family restaurant with smoking in it at all. Unfortunately, I wish it was that. But no matter, it's a, still a step in the right direction to say, yeah, let us buy food and drink while we get high. Yeah, I know. You can finally actually like feel like you're at like a coffee shop, like an Amsterdam style coffee shop. Yeah. Like that is more I of a reality. Really now. Could, yeah. Um, unfortunately, of course, this is all still with you have to have a dispensary license. Yeah. Um, this is not a standalone establishment, and this is not the smoke shop um rule as well. I know that um like tobacco stores can also have smoking areas to them. So this doesn't affect um, this, this, anything this doesn't affect them. Places. So those like the place in Cesar, Illinois, I know is under that rule. They would not benefit from this, which is kind of lousy um like why not yeah you know, that's one of the things we really want to see is the smoke shops being given the green light to allow food and beverage mm-hmm. or the mixing of those but at least types. but the idea that at least it's gotten the green light here for dispensary first is hopeful but mm-hmm. another thing that actually had us hopeful and but also kind of as the more we learned about it the more we kind of shook our head at it um is that they're allowing for outdoor consumption patios um And they obviously have looked at other states' laws um, because they're following rules that uh, cannot be visible to the public. So you have to have like a like a fence or like a shrub around the patio, um, which is the same as other states that have outdoor consumption lounges like New Mexico and I think Colorado. Um, But the problem is, is that under the rules they're proposing, um, once you like go to the outdoor lounge you cannot go back into the building or like you'd have to basically like as if you were a new customer entering the facility. Um, it is the strangest thing. So like imagine if you had to go to the bathroom or you wanted to buy more or you were being like served, like there's all of these practical measures that are basically impossible. And so we illustrated these points and we sent a letter to the state. So this is not just us complaining on social media. We did, um, engage in the comment process and we did, um, get other people with their legal counsels to make comments. So hopefully this does make some noise. Yeah, because after the initial period of comment, they're supposed to they're supposed to address it and hypothetically have another mm-hmm. uh, potentially, but we'll we're still see if they even learn. do any they might just be like, oh nice comments. Who know who knows? So um but no matter, yeah, we've called all these things out. Good, bad, otherwise. These are the primary things affecting consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely other cannabis regulations in this. So yeah, I and that. even not just this one. We're specifically referencing Register Volume Forty Seven Thirty Four because there's all these crazy numbers and things in the JCAR. Yeah, they have like a publication. When are these supposed to go into effect? Um, so they're supposed to go into effect. I believe about 180 days is the earliest they can go into effect after they come in. I I did. Um, it's not in front of me at the, this moment right now, but I did uh look into that, and um, there is a timeline. In fact, I think it's on their website. They even have like it's yeah, but it is something that can just happen. Mm-hmm. I just and yeah, this I just is the Illinois so Register. Crazy. They have a publication that like puts out um like all these rules um so this was 34 from august 25th that we're looking at yeah that one and if you can see it's yeah it's not a friendly yeah it's not a friendly document to engage (laughs) with 
yeah whatsoever <laughs> but they, uh, they never are <laughs> just to show people how they can search this can you give me a little bit of that language again i'm going to do a control f for some oh yeah, oh, yeah. do control f for 1291.340 <laughs> phrase not found am i 1291 oh 340 my bad i just mm -hmm. think it's crazy these would have affected yeah, go, so um, many keep going down one more. One more. Okay. Oh, here we go. On-site consumption lounge is one more, maybe. Is this it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the whole section that matters. Mm -hmm. And then notice the text that's in that, that blue underline is the additions. Okay. Like, to certain things. Like, there, there's, there's edits and stuff in this that, like, edit the rules and some of it's moot. But most of the cannabis stuff is, is new and in that blue. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. But Phil, were you going to ask something? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I find it so crazy that these shops that are going to be affected by this, like, weren't aware of this or on top of this on their own, you know? Oh, no. Or, like, or don't it's, seem Because I, I, I just wonder, like, OK Cannabis, you said, is the one that would have had OK shops. It's like, the, the conspiracist in me is like, are they behind the whole thing? <laughs> I'm not saying nothing bad. Like, where, I'm not where saying anything bad. I'm just making Who's, a face. Well, I do definitely agree like, that, um, like, political information and being on top of, like, new stuff coming out of the government on, um, like, cannabis policy, um, it's so hard to find information. And it's so hard to find information about anything this niche. But um, we're trying our best to be that source. Um, yeah. And honestly, I guess I should start reading these things when they come out. Um, new project. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, it's interesting stuff. And thank you for showing us how to find it. Sorry, were you about to say something, uh, Nathan? No, I mean, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, there There was something bigger in this bill that doesn't have something to do, or sorry, in this JCAR rules. Oh, hey, would you look at this? Sorry, I've, this is something I've been asking the state about for a while. Returns and refunds. They finally made it so that you can write a policy allowing for the return and refund of a damaged or inadequate or erroneously displayed cannabis subject to the following provisions. This is something that was passed in like a bill that Bob Morgan made years ago. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. it was the same bill that created, uh, I believe it was what made the medical cannabis program permanent actually is part of, this is where that came from. So this is very interesting. Yeah, see, we to... don't even know everything that's relevant in this bill. Like I said, like our eyes are super on consumption. So like there could be other things in here that are absolutely tearing up the status quo. We just aren't right. aware of everyone's status quo, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and what you said earlier really like struck me. Um, it's like everything that has needed rules written for it. It's like they're shoving it out. It seems <laughs> like in this, you know? Yeah. It's huge. And I don't know if this is unprecedented, but I mean, to me, the volume and the effects it's going to have and the amount of people who are currently in operation are going to have a significant change to their operation. Or even just the plans. Like we know of several dispensaries that are planning to open a consumption lounge that are now having to pause here to see if they're going to not have to tear out their kitchen. They're going to need to make a separate wall for the dispensary and the lounge part. Like mm -hmm. there's like, and this is stuff that, you know, 
affects money a lot yeah. in a in a market that doesn't have a ton of it. So yeah, the bar in Illinois is just. And I've been saying to Phil, like, I really think the winning formula here is, yeah, having that restaurant and and having the dispensary on site because it's in many ways, I don't know, maybe you can figure it out. But I feel like it's hard to make money off of just purely a consumption lounge because, you know, some people might want to bring in their own cannabis, some, you know. Yeah. So how do you get money? You, you sell food, drink, you know, weed, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything they might need, right? Um, and I feel like that's how you make the money. So yeah, if we're just rolling out these rules to mess with that, it could really, like you say, damage people's viability. I mean, just think uh, uh, as like just generic, as a qu- equivalent to a bar. You know, they have food sales and they also have beverage sales, alcoholic beverage sales. You know, a dispensary. Or, you know, I guess a consumption lounge. It's going to have you know weed sales and potentially food sales. Um, that's going to be the main revenue, and I guess maybe covers as well. Yeah. Well, and if, you know, here's my thing, like if they're going to make this any more complicated, frankly, bars that I go to a lot, and it's not like I'm a big bar, as Phil knows, he laughed at me the other day. He said, because I said the few times I've been to a bar and he laughed at me because of, of that quote, but uh, um, the few bars I've been to, they they allow you to smoke weed where you can smoke cigarettes. And uh, so like my thing is like at a certain point, if these rules get too complicated, to where you can't you can't serve alcohol uh right at a consumption lounge but you can serve alcohol at a bar and allow people to smoke right it's like okay then why would i even open up a consumption lounge if i can yeah, just, just open yeah. a bar instead that's, yeah. that's why like ica supports this the smoke shop model and we don't yeah. want it to just be the smoke shop model like we we have a bill that we wrote that we want mm-hmm. to be brought forward to illinois it's a lot harder to do that than you'd think, though. Um, and that's um, what I mentioned with the omnibus uh, yeah. um, oh. seeing action. But, uh, we know that, yeah, pretty much it's not super consumption wasn't a big priority here. Yeah, but no, regardless, it's the way the way we'd like to see it happen is it's just like gambling. You could just put it on top of the business. So if you are replay Lincoln Park, it's not a good example, but if replay Lincoln Park had a beer garden and you're them and they enjoy cannabis events, they should be able to legally say we have cannabis events here, whether it's a temporary thing or an on- ongoing basis thing. There should be a basis for both of them that doesn't include any sort of requirements on who you are, where you were from or how affected you were on the war on drugs. Um, and so having something like that go through in Illinois is our pipe dream. <laughs> Until then, we'll be watching all these weird regulations come out and going to 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 parties and smoking them up and hosting them and all that yeah doing something <laughs> that i guess is in the kind of this gray space where yeah. we're in violation we want allow yeah we do we want allow. forget to say that sometimes the reason we all got into this because we want allow we want to be a place for people to use cannabis we are gen z's who don't drink alcohol where are we to go absolutely yeah it's really yeah just kind of standing up a standalone model for cannabis um but Letting these um, dispensary lounges actually kind of like go ham with like a restaurant and letting them actually have a patio and maybe and, you know, some of these I think regulations are in the wrong direction, but some of them in the right direction. If we can get more of them in the right direction, I think we can really open up something cool um, and something that doesn't necessarily exist in any other state. Vegas has a lounge. There's sporadic lounges here, there, everywhere. Yeah. Um, but like Vegas, that was awesome, but it had to be on an Indian reservation to be awesome. Yeah. And so 
breaking through all these loopholes, breaking through all these, well, it's kind of tacked on through here. Uh, we want to break through all that. Hell yeah. We'll aim into that. Um, aim into that. I just, I want... feel, yeah, like, I just feel like Illinois' response is always to like over-regulate the shit out of everything. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's just like, because I know Cole has talked to some of the guys that have consumption lounges and they're, see, they seem to just be like, just don't touch it. Because like for what they're doing, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it's like, let's remove the regulations. I agree. That are, that are like preventing you from doing what you want to do. I was reading like the event you guys just had at, at Blue Island Beer Company. Like that should be a thing that's like, you know, just okay. <laughs> like clearly the owner of the business wants to do it. Everyone that's there wants to be there. Just let it be. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's what we're going to keep pushing for. So, you know. Yeah. Were you about to say? uh... Oh, yeah. I was saying, um, I was reading uh, in this uh, news source, uh, Block Club Chicago, um, that it costs approximately a million to $2 million to stand up a dispensary um, in terms of capital costs. And a lot of that is, that's a low estimate, uh, no doubt. Um, It's just absurd. And a lot of that is in like a lot of these security measures. And as I was reading through these rules, there's like, you know, $1,000 per head, just flat up fee per hire they make in these uh, businesses. So they're nickel and diamond you the whole way. Yeah, all the dispensing agent stuff. Yeah, they're gen- yeah, January mm-hmm. the whole way. And there's, yeah, there's all these like um, security, security requirements um, that really drive up costs and they're, they serve no purpose. And it's just kind of funny. I was like getting gas in my hometown and there's like a wall of like liquor right next to the door and then yeah. like just unlocked <laughs> well that's i was gonna say that's the one thing i uh take issue with nathan they do serve a purpose they protect the children yeah they keep they keep, keep you safe yeah no, um to, to your point i wish i had the video queued up unfortunately i don't right now but i've been taking footage in gas stations where just take me on my word for it, folks, or maybe I'll add it in post-production right here uh, if I can remember too. I'm smoking a lot of weed right now. But anyways, uh, I've been taking videos in like gas stations and grocery stores of – it's like candy. And then right below that, just like those little bottles, those little shot bottles of alcohol. Oh, yeah. Like people have – they have no shame. You know, no okay. shame. It's all like next to the candy and everything else. And we want to talk. And then I actually, I don't know if I sent you the picture today, Phil, but energy drinks like Starburst flavored energy drinks, um, Skittles flavored energy drinks. And, you know, people talk the, about the Sunny D, the Sunny D yeah, vodka, Sunny D vodka. Drink. But people talk about, you know, hospitalizations with kids and Delta eight, you know, the number one, from what I've heard, a larger number with hos- with regard to hospitalizations is energy drinks and kids mm-hmm. you know um there's no yeah, you can for that. eat a whole eighth of weed and nothing will happen to you and, <laughs> these, and you can drink a whole bottle of vodka and die these right. gas station products these like delta eight and like these hemp derived yeah. products a lot of that exists in this kind of loophole space that is completely unregulated and i don't think any but any reasonable person would not agree to that i think no reasonable person is like no no, no there should be this unregulated thing and that you just sell like no that's, that's absurd um it's just like really frustrating though that it's kind of like folded into a broader like anti-weed position to just not even want to regulate it yeah yeah it's banning it yeah because like 
Yeah. Oh my God. Because we're uh, Lacan, I was going to mention. Um, yeah, so there's, another, there's... there's a hemp bill up. That's another thing we look at too, because you know consumption for hemp derived cannabinoids is also cannabis consumption. You know, it yeah. doesn't really know what to say about that sometimes. But regardless, it's like a drink in a place. Yeah. Cannabis drinking it. That's still cannabis consumption. So. Phil and well, I have been I was trying say a lot that... of these hemp-derived cannabinoids, and they're they're just fine, you know. <laughs> like the, the, the uh, we love the Delta Nine stuff from yeah, Indiana like Jane and Mary's, and uh, yes. Phil found some drink the other day, and we even tried. I don't know where the bottle yeah, it was is. just in the liquor store, and I turned to my left, and there was like a twenty-five milligram, like twelve-ounce can, like Delta Nine drink. Where do you live? In Beverly, so not far from Blue Island. Oh my God! I'm coming by. I'm fucking. Yeah. I'm talking to the owner. I'm gonna kiss his feet. They, <laughs> yeah, they probably, no, there's nothing they liquor stores. A... They can do it. They just don't. They're scared. Right. Oh, I know. Well, that was actually. I walked in. I had been walking in a couple times. I was like, you know, I should tell these guys they should carry some weed seltzers because I don't know if they know. And then I, the time I was finally gonna do it, I just turned and was like, oh, of course, yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wanted to give you both some really cool credit and and show a little bit of history you know the last time people really leaned into uh really pushing for public consumption of cannabis and the true spirit of legalization at least from what i can find as early as april 19th 1989 uh students at the university of illinois having rallies in champaign uh-huh. illinois for what they called Perfect. hash wednesday Here's some more. Sorry that it's sideways, but these are people in Illinois having a really good time, as you can see. I think I saw normal. I think I saw the acronym normal on the first uh, page of that. Yep. Yep. Normal was there. Uh, um, I believe uh, SSDP was there back in the day. Um, see, you know, it's like other states like Michigan and California. Like, why do they have good weed? Because they've had a long cannabis culture that hasn't been so tamped down on. Phil says it's that like, all ours the time. Has. Yeah. Ours has. But it's been here. It's obviously been here. It was just tamped down on so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. check that out. Kids Ash getting lugged Wednesdays. off. Yeah. And then even Chicago in itself. I mean, like, I have relatives who are who don't like the police because they grew up in Chicago. And yeah. they're like boomers, you know, but they grew up in Chicago and they know the police are going to rough you up. Like, imagine if, how is cannabis community going to thrive in Chicago under those circumstances? That's so, I mean, for us, it's personal. I'm grateful to be in this era where we can even do this and we're not being you know, roughed up. The police showed up to our event, to the Urban Legend event, because we set off the alarm and they talked with the owner and took hands and left. So I'm grateful to be yeah, here. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, conversely, there was an article that came out that same day about, like, a 500-pound bus that actually happened in Blue Island that week. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> was, a 500-pound I, I, bus of weed? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, some fucking canine Rocco made a historic 500-pound marijuana bust three months like into his narco. job. Yeah, narco. Don't, exactly. don't blame Rocco. He's got no choice. <laughs> Our snake is named Rocco. That's pretty funny. Here's one thing I love about this, and I know that this could just be the Chicago Tribune. It doesn't, you know, it's not like this is like an ace card, but when the department posted a photo on Facebook of Rocco sitting in front of a mountain of odorless bags... Filled with marijuana. If they're odorless, how did the motherfucker find them? I, I assume the police put them in that, but uh, they, yeah, I totally, I totally didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Good point. Shout out to Turplock. Eh? 
Yeah, that might. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? If this if these are the bags we need to use in order to safely transport cannabis, maybe the Illinois State Police could point us in a direction of these, because as far as I'm concerned, yeah, you can still get in trouble from that as well. What a um, cruel, what a cruel world. Like, yeah, I just thought it was I just thought it was fascinating to see. Now. I just thought it was fascinating to see the next day after going to that event. I was like, oh, that Blue Island. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know about that. That's a great juxtaposition. We should like write about that or something. Yeah, you want it to your point, Nathan. This is some. This goes back to a point you started off with, and it's like I, I love uh, seeing it here. This was in two thousand something, two thousand three, maybe. This is a cop at the University of Illinois saying mm-hmm. his piece about uh, Hash Wednesday, and he says you're basically disrespecting the rules and regulations of the university. If it's against the law, it's against the law. Until it's legal, it's illegal. <laughs> Apparently, well, not. you know he's right. Yeah, I guess. Um, but fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we all continue to tactically um, skirt around such civil regulations like the Smoke Free Illinois Act. Um, yeah, I, I guess like our key distinction too is we we don't break cannabis tax acts at our events. Yeah, yeah, we don't break any it's um, most significant felony. Free Illinois Act. But the reason I brought that up, just to kind of loop it back to what you just said, is I love he said, until it is legal, it's illegal. Really? Because it's le- it's legal right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, we haven't really gone all the way with legalizing it is right. is absolutely right. Yeah. But but I did want to make sure we, we mentioned the second part about the JCAR rule yes. that we found very interesting. That doesn't really have to do with consumption, but it's surely going to shake up what's going on here in Illinois. Um, they want to ban the sale of conditional licenses, mm-hmm. hmm. which would mean that uh, anybody who wants to like basically like buy a license off of a current license holder and like start up their own business in Illinois would be prevented to. And the state would have the ultimate say in how licenses do get to be distributed or sold when once they are operational. Yeah. It's in the same uh, rules here. It's in the same. It's in, Yeah. So that was something that we as ICA did not particularly comment on because it doesn't necessarily have to do with the consumer side, but it was something we recommended. Yeah, um, we definitely other, spread the word about it. But yeah, we, we worked have, with uh, the state. coalition CIC to put out some information on those two different points of the rules, mm-hmm. and they disagree with the prohibition of sale or transfer of conditional adult use licenses because... It's really what they've been using to get investment in different ways from these different licenses and um, strategically build their businesses. Is banning the sale of a conditional license just before it's open? Yes. Yes, but that's typically when it's like conditional when they've been sold. Yeah. Well, because dispensaries already can't like dispensaries were like banned from doing that already, weren't they? So is this more about like craft growers? No, it's specifically like for all the people who got dispensary licenses and then they have the piece of paper still and they'd like to transfer the license to someone, but they can't under this anymore. So because I know know previously there was like the Pritzker administration said you like couldn't sell shares of your like you couldn't be like, oh, you can have 25 percent of my dispensary business if you give me startup funds. They said you had to like open before you. Hmm. sold anything or like took on new partners or things like that but i wonder if this is just like making it more like set in stone or something like that 
Well, so we talking with some people uh, closer to this issue, the medical cannabis framework was always that way. Apparently, you could not transfer licenses around. It was um, even if it was an operational dispensary and a lot of that medical stuff, though, didn't transfer over. So, so far in how cannabis licenses have been released in Illinois, they are they are being sold and bought all over the place entities and yada yada so i don't know exactly if uh you know there hasn't been that many more dispensaries to buy i think like d33 was one of the last ones to get bought bought up in 2021 but now that there are there are and they're quite being moved around um paper wise like the states seem to want to tamp down on that yeah and they also extended the deadline on um when to get these operational uh, pretty significantly, I think into uh, summer of next year. Um, so I think there it may be a little concern that like people who are struggling to get money and wanted to sell are not going to be able to get you know money, but they still have approximately a year left to get operational before they lose their license. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I got to thank you uh, really quick before we go any further and, you know, um, for putting out like kind of the bat signal on the, on this for lack of better words. Um, yeah. Thank you for doing that for the community. Um, and folks, I really do hope I just want to give a plug again for your email uh, list. Please sign up so that you can get active and support when support is needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because when when we're kind of at the finish line here, making those phone calls to your state representative and state senator, making those emails to those people, um, they really do count because at this kind of lower level of politics, that stuff kind of gets much more impactful. You know, your federal senator and the federal representative, they get a lot of bullshit, but the lower down the line people, they actually read that stuff. Right. Well, I'm trying to think of some of the uh, consumption lounge things that you had said earlier. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. One of the questions I had that I wrote down um, that I felt like you've talked about in the past. So maybe you can, you know, help me with my understanding on this. Um, Is it the reason that one of the some of the proposals you said earlier don't affect the tobacco shops have something to do with like standalone buildings and how it intersects with smoke-free illinois act or like what if you could sorry to get in the sand of it but like no not at all super simple they just they they said these are the rules for the dispensary yeah these car rules are specified yeah specifically (laughs) for these license holders um which as for like the standalone building thing they seem to be moving into this direction where like yeah you're going to have this specific section of the building separate with its own hvac where employees don't spend time, they kind of just in and out and they kind right. of observe. Um, specifically, they have like, you know, you have this like window, you have to have like a window into this onsite area that employees can can like monitor consumption from. So I think they're going to move into this model where, yeah, like it is, it might not necessarily matter about standalone structures anymore. It just, it might just matter about this one segregated space and they might just want it to be really isolated as minimal so, yeah, employee. no employees or yeah or as 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 few as possible 
And just made me laugh. It just made me laugh because I'm just picturing employees sitting behind two way glass or one way glass. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. <laughs> You're just sitting in there getting stoned, not realizing this mirror Michigan. is a room people just watching you. <laughs> no, like that's Michigan's law, right? Yeah, so the Michigan's thing is, law, like yeah. the thing about consumption that seems to have happened is like all the states, have no, no state's done it well. They all have these like terrible, terrible, unpractical, with weird rules, laws. Yeah. But then they keep taking from each other because they're like, we need precedent. And so that's another reason why we wanted to form ICA is to just like try to have an informed, like, like, you know, I didn't mention this, but I'm a cannabis insight analyst for Brightfield Group, which is one of the only research firms oriented towards the consumer. Um, and I've like consulted in strategy for the biggest cannabis companies out there. And so and all the things lead that people want to smoke and they need a place to do it. And I kind of lost my train of thought because I smoked a lot of weed there and then randomly started talking about another thing I do. Where, where was I? You were just talking uh, You were just talking about, like, people want to smoke weed in public. Oh, people want to smoke weed, yeah. That's what, all the data shows it. Everybody knows it. But we got to inject some some of that to the politics because they're not, they're not the stoners. They're the politicians. Are there, are there any, like, consumption uh, advocacy groups in other states? I am not sure. I don't believe so. Yeah, I, I haven't really heard of one before, which kind of baffles me now that I think about it. Well, I saw Aaron Richard, uh, founder of WeedTube, and he's been on this show in the past. Uh, he's opened up like a consumption or he's opening up, I think, in the process he's of opening up a... funds for. Yes. Right. And one of the things he said about Benzinga, you know, was that there's just really no focus on consumption at in the industry at large he didn't you know like his kind of venue it's all about retail and vertical integration and you know just getting shit well because i think too like those are probably like the biggest opportunities to make a ton of money right now and it's like no you can you could probably run a profitable consumption lounge (laughs) like if someone would just let you (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and And also it'd be it'd be a great small business you know yeah, and that's what I think is like people are struggling to prove out the consumption lounge model. I think there's been some successes, some have sputtered. There's so many hot takes and opinions mm-hmm. on like what should be what and how much you should have and yeah, how responsible. Like, like it, it's the it's a lot of uh, different things coming together. A lot of inexperienced people who um, have yeah, and very. A lot- bad opinion a lot of focus on newbies (laughs) a lot of focus on oh what about the new cannabis consumers are gonna come in they're gonna get so blasted i tell you i've been on the streets of europe watching an 18 year old get a finger stuck down his mouth to throw up alcohol that he consumed too much and you're telling me that we're gonna worry about cannabis consumers coming in and getting like no stop Mm -hmm. and i just think like there's such a concern um about these weird arbitrary like consumption limits like yeah. For example, one state, um, Alaska, allows uh, public consumption, but they only allow you to smoke uh, one gram and, or <laughs> take a 10 milligram edible. That is the for your entire stay. You cannot consume more. Wow. Um, I believe other places have considered Wait, bans on I could flower like smoking. The single so that, that like applies to like visitors or... It applies oh, to like, well, it's like when you're in the consumption lounge. lounge. Okay. Yeah, when you're in the okay, consumption yeah. lounge. Yeah, you said yeah, it's around. not public consumption. It's yeah, consumption lounge. Yeah, I was, I was like, wait, so if I go to Alaska, I can only smoke one gram of weed the whole time I'm there. So <laughs> you're gonna turn into a bear. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
No, this is all interesting stuff. Yeah, I guess the reason I was asking that, I didn't know if it was just like, I'm trying to understand if the tobacco license way, if there's a reason they can't do the kitchen or the, the or the. Because they hate us. No, it's because um, there's specific rules uh, for that. 80% of their money needs to be coming out of the tobacco store. And I believe there's also, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's the main one. Like if you had a restaurant, you would not be making that. I don't know why they couldn't necessarily have a co-license though. That's what I was about to ask. Like why couldn't they co-license it? I I think there is a rule against it. It's like a retail establishment. It it would be a zoning thing, I think. I think hypothetically a town could do it, but they'd still never be able to get past the 80-20 thing. Yeah, true. And that's yeah, also if, another if the killer. food. If the, but what if they had it because because you do like what I understand with Molly's Joint, for example. Molly's Joint is a separate entity from Parkway Dispensary, which is a separate entity from the Molly's Joint restaurant. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm wondering, could you like separate it? That I'm just wondering, like, why it seems like we're only seeing the dispensaries pioneer this model. It seems like a really ingenious model. I didn't know if you could like speculate on that because I don't, I don't know if there is an answer. So, or I think it... nobody's made as much money in a lounge as no. they have in dispensing. We've we've been told by oh. people who've opened some of these Illinois lounges that they are unprofitable. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, still the lounge that components don't make money, and so if the one that's allowed to sell the weed can't make money, then the one that can't do that even and can't sell food and supposed to be selling pipes, it's yes. just really difficult. I think food and beverage definitely is the way for these uh, businesses because, right. like, I'd say like you know we have a lot of creative ideas on how this could work. So if you're a business person, you could talk to us too, but <laughs> not not not. But I feel like everyone has those creative ideas. And it's just a matter of how do you get the funding for that in cannabis? Like not novel ideas that aren't occurring are not what gets funds. Mm-hmm. And in the cannabis consumption land, there's been nothing yet to say, to point back to, to prove. So I think I've seen franchises try to come through here in Illinois to open what they think is going to be a consumption lounge and just blow their money on in weird ways. And then nothing happens. So sometimes the idea is too big. Sometimes it's not even that local aspect that can get the funds. So there's just been a lot of missing pieces, I think, in Illinois consumption. Yeah. I think that's the saddest thing about this entire topic is that it seems like the reason, and correct me if if you feel differently, but it seems like the reason that there's just not a lot of energy behind it is because for some reason there's this like idea or sentiment that there's no money in doing this. Or like, I feel like that's the sentiment. Like, and the thing is, though, that the data shows that most right. people use cannabis while relaxing at home. <laughs> so, if you're a data-informed company, the data will point you into a way that wants you to make the most money. And cannabis consumer habits are just being understood. Like the handful of clients that get to see Brightfield data, and the handful other that just look at all of our free reports. And shout out to them because I see you. I know that they they're seeing though the the rise of <laughs> cannabis use at weddings, cannabis use on a date night, cannabis use at a concert. That's all content. That's all accelerated. But if but it's in the nuance. It's still relaxing at home is the main use case because we're forced to do it. But if you if you don't think past that and and see what else is happening, that's why we end up where we are. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Phil, uh, any other thoughts on some of these rules that uh, 
have been proposed or, you know, specifically about the consumption lounge or anything else oh, that's come up? I was just going to say, like, Chicago has so, they have like 50 million tourists that come through every year. If you, if, like, if anywhere, you know, like Vegas, you should be able to make consumption lounges work in these places, if anywhere. Guess you what? Know, it seems like a big missed opportunity. <laughs> Chicago flat out refused to consider. Um, so this is a throwback. This is like January 2020. So this is pre-pandemic. Lori Lightfoot came out with a plan to have cannabis consumption lounges. Um, and it was shot down because um, there were kind of anti-cannabis alders who are kind of more conservative. Give them the funny reason. Give them the funny reason. Oh, yeah. People thought they were going to be like illegal. They were going to be dealing cannabis because this is going to be a tobacco shop. So they couldn't dispense. So they're going to be illegally dealing. It's going to be like illegal smoke parties. They, they kind of speculated the in the existence of the spe, uh, the sesh bus of that they're going to roll up limos and, and buses and smoke in them. Um, uh, which, I think the yeah, restaurant. That was a true prediction. Like the restaurant association was also against it. I'm not sure they were because I've spoken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, was well, it? But now they're headed by the one of the guys that owns OK Cannabis. Yeah. So it's like maybe get them behind that now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we did speak to Sam Toya. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "My membership is divided on the issue," so I don't know if he was just blowing oh, smoke okay. Um, I feel I feel like I mean the well, membership might have changed. This is 20 yeah it might this is older reporting this is four yeah. years yeah older four reporting. full fucking but years. you know they they we when we wrote the ICA bill that we want to get going in 2024 we considered restaurants should be our biggest like advocate ally in this because we're going to allow you to get the stoners back like i also see the data that shows how alcohol use has been on the decline mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gen z are not going to bars and spending their money in the same way and so from someone who comes from a family of people running nightlife things, I don't want to see that go away. We just got, they've, it's got to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's just nowhere to use cannabis um, publicly. Um, really unless the good graces of an owner, like Cole mentioned, yeah, you know, it's the like places, unless... you know, that let it happen. Like that's just not good enough. Yeah. These, these kind of like quasi underground events that we host um, we want you know, we don't want that to be the only way because it's just not accessible for the general public. You yeah. know, just think about how much more people have been able to engage with cannabis since legalization, you know, before when it was kind of a more niche thing. You know, this is the same with events. It's the same with on-premise. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Phil, any other, uh, any thoughts on these wacky rules that seems like they're trying to slam through? I don't know. That's just my perspective. Illinois, Illinois just always loves sucking all the fun out of weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I just always go back to when, remember when Tom Shuba said that like years ago, he was like, it's like we legalized weed and we just took all the fun out. It's <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why. Um, For a long time, the state has been dominated by a single guy and I need to do more research myself. I'm not into himself. Mike Madigan is the person I'm talking about that, who was the speaker of the house, but his views on weed because it was passed under his watch and nothing, I guarantee you, nothing in the state during his tenure got by without his notice. Um, so I definitely want to look into what his views on cannabis were. But I think, you know, a lot of it is they were undermined by the public. You know, people want cannabis to be legal, but they're from an older generation. You know, the average politician is older than 50. And that's kind of the old the crowd, the 50 plus crowd who's kind of more anti-weed. 
And so, yeah, they're just like, well, fine, we'll let you have it, but damn it, I'm not going to let, we're going to have it this much. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's par for the course, right? With when they gave us medical both times in the 70s, as Cole and I found out, and in the 2010s, you know, like the medical is just, it was like unworkable for so many years and they had so few patients that took part in it and yeah, and if you'd like, uh, you know, maybe this is an opinion on from Michael Madigan, but it is interesting to note that GTI had a security team um, that included former Chicago Police Intendant Terry Hiller, former State Police Director Terry Gaynor, and they also had an employee named Mike McLean, who was a former state resent- representative and close ally of then House Speaker Michael Madigan. I, I've been reading a lot about the corruption things about Mike Madigan and the trials his associates have been. Mike McLean rings a bell. I mm-hmm. need to know. He might even have gone to jail or been under indictment or some kind. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Unsurprising I mean, to hear. You, so like in the bigger view, like Nathan's all about Illinois politics at large. Like he's been like, it's his life. Yeah. And so then me being cannabis, you know, we're married. We're husband and wife here. So yeah. it comes together and it becomes Ica. <laughs> Power couple. Um, oh, yeah. um, uh, also, uh, Rob- yeah, another another interesting thing, though, is that Mike Madigan, there was a guy that used to work for him named Mike Noonan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Madigan caught him smoking weed back in like the 80s or 90s and was like, whatever, I don't care, just keep it on the down low. And this guy, right, this guy eventually had to like quit lobbying and his like firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he moved to Michigan and started a cannabis business over there. Oh, well, that's so, cool. So that's a fun story. So don't buy weed from Southland Farms if you're ever uh, over in Southwest Michigan. Yeah, corrupted <laughs> the politics. And he, he was partners in his lobbying firm with Larry Luster, who's now part of uh, GRI Holdings, which is Green Rose Dispensary. Mm. <laughs> You know, a lot of connections, guys. Everyone's everyone's. Yeah, that's what you do. You work in the government and that gives you connections and you work in the private sector and you make it is truly. And it's a gross system. But yeah, we're going to be a part of it, though, and be good. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to try and turn it to our advantage. You know, another group that we never speak to and kind of never makes its appearance known to outsiders um, is the Cannabis Business Association of Illinois. And they're kind of the group. Is that another reason why are we just bad? Uh, I mean, they're definitely the group that uh, best represents the uh, multi-state operators in the state, um, as I'm sure view as I'm sure the viewers know. Yes, yeah, so uh, yet another reason why we wanted to consider. Well, the members like the, there's a lot of members in that group, and mm-hmm. I don't like blame all of them for joining because it's like a pro forma thing. It seems almost for Illinois cannabis companies, the you get a vote in that group for every license that you have. Wow. So it seems terrible. The so people that have more licenses in the state, the bigger companies like Cresco and GTI, they have Jesus. much more say in the agenda of that group than someone like a 1937 group that's also part of it. Well, the big thing is I'm I, I'm sure they're like the business the restaurant association is that they're they're probably met divided membership because obviously, you know, Rise is owned mm-hmm. by um GTI. GTI. So they would probably in favor of, you know, consumption lounges and making it better for them to make profit. Yeah, like I'm that. I'm curious what will happen to Rise, honestly, when it comes to this these rules. And I'm sure there's others who don't want to see it. Um, but it's I'm sure they have just a divided membership. And when they're in that position, see, nobody yeah. wants to move. 
Yeah. And again, I was kind of surprised that you were saying that the okay by, you know, looking at the rules would be the most compliant. I was going to guess, I was going to guess rise because only because of one thing I heard. And I know it's a little foolish to go off of just one thing, but like uh, Ambrose and uh, Alex mentioned to me that one of the things they wanted to do at their consumption lounge was have a window kind of like, I guess I've never been, but I guess rise has one in their consumption lounge where like you were saying earlier, you can purchase Mm -hmm. and they were told, no, you can't do that. And so I was figuring that because he, his point in bringing that up was that like, not everybody plays by the same rules, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Some of these counties won't let dispensaries open lounges right now because they don't think it's legal. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. They don't even understand the law as written, but some of these same counties also want to make you say that you're going to get schizophrenic if you smoke weed, you know, it's like, there's so much reformania still out there. What was that? Uh, McHenry or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, somewhere so. in Southern. Where, where, where Pam no, Elkoff is. No, oh, yeah, you're right. McHenry. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and Phil. It's where Pam, it's where Pam Elkoff is from, who was the old head of the Cannabis Business Association, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're, you're never going to force them to have lounges, but we really wish that places that wanted to could. And that's yeah. like what's still impossible. Yeah. And again, it just seems like what we experienced to plug and loop ar- around where we started like that is that is exactly what we're looking for, you know, so whatever we have to do and by you get what I'm referencing. Sorry, I didn't want to I know I'm being a little vague. The event Urban Legends mm-hmm. like that was that's ideal. Like, <laughs> yeah, Phil, that should be was, there every Saturday, you know, like, yeah, right. Be, like. When I was young and 21, I used to go out and party. And I wish I could do that still, but mm-hmm. in the spaces that were weed. And so I wish upon that we can't to the next anymore. generation. Like, we can't drink. Our bodies yeah, like, like, I, like I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, ugh. think about what's, all that alcohol. You, just... What's stopping us from doing way. it every uh, first Sunday of the month or something like that? I don't know. We do it uh, every 20th. Just I think they do. They do have some other. They have. Like oh yeah, they have a monthly growers grow. meetup, yeah. and they have yeah, some they other do. kind of cannabis events. I've seen there. Good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Splish Society hosts a growers event there every month now. I Bill, maybe we should just start that. dropping into those, blazing it up. Yeah, it was super fun. But oh, yeah. um, yeah, the, and the more venues, you know, that's something that we've been grateful for too. Like we did an event with Replay in April. There's been a lot more cannabis events that replay since then mm-hmm. that weren't ours. So people notice where where you can go. It's yeah, well, and I think that uh, same, but I mean, Pizza yeah, Lobo. Yeah, Old Pal just had their launch at Pizza Lobo after we had our big party there and we let them know, hit yeah. them up. What were you going to say? Yeah, Phil? I think too, like, like, you know, Blue Island Beer Company has like endeared themselves to me forever for the way they like embraced a cannabis community to do, especially oh, yes. an event like last weekend. Um, just like other people should get on that train, man. Like on that loyalty train. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like there's a lot of cannabis users and they have money to spend, mm-hmm. <laughs> like invite them into your spaces and yeah. Give you them know, some craft sodas. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. And like, like you said, you know, like, uh, I'm, 
in a weird way, I'm like happy that that's because that's exactly what I told you, Phil, when I think we were walking out. And I think I even texted you later that night. I was just like, <laughs> you know, whether it's high focus media or whatever, I hope people see how fucking awesome that high focus media event was and try to replicate it and try to do more. Like, I mm-hmm. hope it becomes a regular thing. You know, that's what we hope too. honestly, like. You know, I think a vibrant when I have a lounge, I really hope there's one across the street and one down the street and and one in another town. And they're all around like, you know, bars don't care in Wrigleyville when another bar opens next door. They realize it's a part of an ecosystem. And yeah, they have that abundance. That's how we approach our events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll learn from you. You learn from me. And together we're going to make we're going to hopefully make a really awesome establishment. Right. If Flora Cal Ace can be the top selling skew in Illinois on a regular basis, yeah, we know these cannabis consumers got money. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that's freaking money bags, Illinois consumers. Jesus. Yeah, this is a jargony, jargony phrase there. So, <laughs> but no matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, uh, well, cool. Um, any other bases we wanted to touch tonight? I mean, th- what's cool about this show, what I love about it is that we don't have, it's not like I have to be like, we have to break uh, for our sponsors, Burnzomatic tonight. If you want a dab and you need a torch, Burnzomatic. Now, like you know, we don't have to. Be a great yeah, sponsor, my man. shirt this whole time. I'm yeah. not like sponsored we, we do by like Grace, though. No shade. I yeah. go. I've gotten. It's a very soft shirt. It's very comfy. We have a lot of clothes being in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but um. <laughs> no, to end on a better note, though. Yeah, like we uh. Ica, High Focus Media, Politically Illinois, all, all the people who rock with us are all part of just an ecosystem of people growing who want to see cannabis consumption happen in Illinois in yeah. a way that feels right to not not just one type of person. That's a that's another important thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is gonna take no so many stoner, yeah, no stoner has to stone alone. I love it. Hey, if if I if we could, uh, you know, uh, I just wanted to plug an a, an event we went to, Maddie. Uh, I ended up running into you at. Uh, it was the High Minded Events Great Harvest. Mm. Just in the spirit of making it known that these things can happen. Um, where was it? It was like at a winery in like uh, fucking, who's a what's itville? I don't like know what's between Bloomington and Peoria, <laughs> Mackinac, Illinois. Mackinac, thank you. Yep, Mackinac. Um, I was close. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, it was cool. It was really cool. Like it was the first time that I've been to an event where, uh, like you could see the flower, you could smell the product, you could pick like which type of uh instrument, if you will, you wanted to. <laughs> you know, you could have that student glass or just a straight up bong or whatever you were most comfortable with. Some people had apples where you could, you know, make the classic mm-hmm. apple bowl. Um, any other thoughts though, that you wanted to share on that? I just thought it was a really interesting event and I've never been to anything like that either. So. Yeah. I love those like deep bud tender events. I think it's like an, a great opportunity because they are for bud tenders to experience all the different brands and do that. But like the I didn't general realize con- it was for bud tenders. I'm just floating around. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like the general if you don't know high-minded events you're not like in the industry you wouldn't ever get to experience that um and that is what i think just needs to keep growing like there's i and i I love industry events don't get me wrong i danced my ass off at the gti bud ball and i felt a certain way about rhythm after that i couldn't control so i get marketing 
but like you know it's just there's so much more than that in cannabis and that because that's what makes money to go back to other topics because that's what's you know profitable that's that's what happens but there's more than just being profitable yeah yeah oh yeah well said sorry, sorry to totally take your take the soapbox over or anything it's okay do you would you like to stand on the soapbox nathan um on like a last <laughs> note i just think there's oh, there's just an over securitization of cannabis over regulation and ultimately this model that illinois has pursued has ultimately been a failure uh we can't keep go repeating it we can't keep thinking that like oh well we'll just make this hyper specific mechanism uh to make these things happen or we're going to do these regulatory loopholes to make these things happen uh, I really wish that lawmakers would have, frankly, just courage to really carve open a bigger industry that includes consumption, that includes a lot more people and makes it easier to grow and sell weed in Illinois. I think that's like, but like to say that out loud, like that is our objective to make it easier to grow and sell weed in Illinois and to smoke weed in Illinois. I'd say that you maybe get 20 votes. In the in the state legislature, you maybe have thirty people in the state legislature who would be like, "Yeah, I'd be on board with that mission." Yeah, if that that'd be probably lucky, maybe be, maybe even less than that. But I think that's 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 the direction that I don't want to say the Michigan necessarily has, but take a look at Michigan. Much easier to get in, many more dispensaries per capita, much larger growth space, and they have better prices. It's better for consumers. They have um, existing lounge rules that. They have their own flaws. They have their own drawbacks to it, but they have more lounges open than we do. Um, and and just in general, it's just a better scene for everybody on all levels. Yeah. Uh, but we're but they'll explicitly cite Michigan as a bad thing, and that to me is like kind of like the dark thing. Uh, I I think about all the time is like they, they think that's a failure. So we gotta fight that. We gotta we gotta we gotta say it out loud. We gotta fight them. Yeah. Yeah, well, Illinois is also like at this point, they're one of the more conservative cannabis states in the Midwest, you know, like mm-hmm. Missouri, Minnesota, Shocking. Michigan, like they have such just less, just less overregulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's because I've think, written about this ad nauseum. I think because they, they've seen that there's easily a billion dollars in lost market potential in Illinois because of how stunted it is. Yeah. And think about how much tax revenue that's lost us. And, and just think about how much the budget crisis of all of our, of the state and the municipalities are um, headlines. It just, ugh. yeah. And if we could just, you know, for, since Michigan is such a failure uh, for those folks, you know, uh, Illinois got two, uh, $1.5 billion in adult use sales in 2022. Uh, Michigan got $2.3 billion. Uh, so, <laughs> Big time failure over there, getting more money. Yeah, the second biggest market. I I've written like so much analysis on this. Even, even, mm-hmm. Oh my god. Per, I, per capita, it's the per capita, it's the highest though. No, I would uh, think because it's uh it's, it has a smaller population Michigan, than Michigan's, Illinois. Because it's just behind California, right? Isn't California like number oh, one in overall sales? Yeah, yeah. California's so number just one. Like, Michigan's number two. If yeah. you adjust for population, like Michigan is like crazy. <laughs> yeah there's so many ways to per capita it, it there's so many ways let me tell you you'd be surprised like some states oh like i guess montana tourists, think yeah. about montana like that's a state where they like slammed out their program but there's no one there so they have hmm. silly high per capitas 
This is a whole other topic. Don't even get me started. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask a question that I want that I'm trying to ask all of my guests and Phil, please weigh in as well. Um, how do we? I feel like this is the core of some of what we talked about today. You know, it underlines it, and I think it's a good topic to close on. Um, uh, and thank you for your time. I really am glad we were able to spend the time to talk about all these things. Um, how do we? I feel like what we're dealing with is apathy. And and one of yes. the things I like that you say, Phil, or, or sorry, I just called you Phil. I was thinking of high high minded events, Nathan. Um, uh, one of the things that you say that I just feel like I don't know, maybe I because I haven't been able to make it catchy, but you said it's this isn't it's not actually legal, and it's something that we Phil and I always say, and I wish we could find some buzzy way to make that catch on. I feel like that's the way to address the apathy, but I want to give everybody a chance to close. I feel like in most people's mind, cannabis is legal. What's the big fucking deal, right? Mm -hmm. How do you address apathy? (laughs) How do we address apathy? I think you have to address it by looking at consumers and how poor and how bad the situation is for consumers of cannabis in this state and how limited the opportunities are. And then you have to then explain it and educate these politicians the downside effects on their tax revenue and educate it and explain it to these business owners that this is actually more opportunities and there's more benefits to grow the pie with a more open market. Yeah, I think a lot of the apathy can come toward come from cannabis going in so many directions. There's so many problems to solve in cannabis. We're trying, we're really trying to hone in on one and create messaging about one thing that we feel people can get behind. Like, to be frank, not everybody can get behind social equity and how it's executed here in the state. Not everybody can get behind limited licensing. Not everybody even gets behind unlimited licensing. But I think one thing we all can get behind is having somewhere to use cannabis. <laughs> and so that's what kind of I mean. Like once ICA has our bill like teed up, we're going to, I guess, test that apathy out. Um, and from the excitement we've seen at the events, we we think it's we think with the with the right message, with the right um, efforts, and, and what we've cultivated so far, we might be able to show the politicians that it means something. Because one piece of feedback we've heard is that oh, politicians, we we always see the same people advocating here, and so we want to like unleash the arsenal of the thousand people who've come to Professors events this year. That's just Professors because I have that data on top of my head today. That is, if all those people, half of them, sends a message, it would be a different story here in Illinois. So we just we just gotta make that happen. <clears throat> yeah, I was I was gonna say like I think things like your events and like like focusing on consumption lunches is, is a smart thing to do because the all the rest of the advocacy is so bogged down in social equity and limited licensing and all that stuff. Like, I think it is really great to focus on consumption lounges and consumption events and stuff like that. But I think also, yeah, like the people at your event, like this last weekend, would be people that love cannabis enough to get in touch with politicians about this shit. (laughs) So I think like something like your events, yeah, can be very key to like getting people excited and wanting change you know, and seeing, you know, talking to other people at the event, making connections with seeing how it fellow... could Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hell yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Slam dunk. 
Um, yeah. Maybe so. we're silly optimists, though. You know, we're fresh here, still only four years into cannabis. I mean, that's um, how you get shit done, though. You know, someone's right. got to believe. <laughs> we'll believe here, Nika. We're believing. Hey, I believe in you guys. Cole believes in you guys. Yeah. Yes. We're, and that's what I wanted to close on. I think it goes without saying, but both of you have uh, a place here. So just reach out anytime if we can help to put out, you know, be an air horn, so to say. If there's any yeah. important issues that come up, you just reach out and we'll make space for you. So Ooh, cool. thank you. Cool. Well, folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. We'll see you in the next episode of The Cole Memo.